You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Go happy Sunday. I hope you're having a wonderful day. These last few days, we've been talking about how the angel's announcement of good news of great joy calmed the fears of the shepherds on the night Jesus was born. The the shepherds were full of fears, and many of us are also full of fears. But the forgiver, the leader and deliverer whose birth we celebrate at Christmas can replace our fears of death with the hope of everlasting life. And yesterday we addressed some of the common misconceptions about what happens when we die. Um, I I think it'll be helpful to kind of continue that discussion today. When you die, here's what's on the calendar. Okay, let's just just kind of revisit. First, you immediately wake up in eternity. Second, you will be judged by God. And then third, you will be separated into one of two groups. In Matthew 13, Jesus describes it like a fisherman who catches a big net full of fish and then sorts the good fish from the bad. The good group is like those who trusted and followed Jesus. And in the other group will be those who didn't, who rejected him. The fourth thing on the agenda is that we're going to be assigned to spend eternity in one of two places. There's no middle ground. It's either heaven or hell for all eternity. A Gallup poll found that 78% of Americans believe in heaven, and 78% believe they have a good or excellent chance of going there. 60% of Americans believe in hell, and only 4% of us think we have a good or excellent chance of going there. And the poll indicates that there are a whole lot of wishful thinkers out there when it comes to our eternal destiny. According to the Bible, both of these places in the afterlife are places that defy description. Heaven's impossible to accurately describe because it's so fantastic. Hell's impossible to accurately describe because it's so horrible. Heaven is going to be a place that's so awesome that we can't even fathom it. Jesus taught that heaven, in heaven, we'll have transformed bodies. Women imagine nothing larger than a size six in heaven. Guys, remember when you bought Levi's 501s with that 30-inch waist? That day is coming back. We're going to have transformed bodies. And I think this is especially good news for those who, who suffer some kind of pain or disability or handicap in their body. If you're concerned about having a 10,000-year mandatory harp lesson and heaven being boring, forget about it because that's not anywhere found in the Bible. Heaven is going to be a more amazing and adventurous and fun and exciting than anything we can imagine. Hell is pretty much going to be the antithesis of that. The Bible calls it a place of weeping, of gnashing of teeth, a place of utter remorse and regret. And whatever hell is like, it's clear that Jesus used the absolute worst terms available to him to describe it as a place of death outer darkness, a bottomless pit, a fire that is not quenched forever. Friends, so friends, do you understand why the angel would say with such descriptive words, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people? It's good news because the forgiver of sins, the leader of death, the leader of life and the deliverer from death has come. And it fills with with great joy. And it gives us great hope because we don't have to fear going to hell and we can be assured of spending eternity forever in this incredible place called heaven. And best of all, this gift is available for everyone. God made this gift available to you, but it's up to you as to whether or not you receive this gift, the greatest gift ever given. I remember seeing a TV commercial where a husband and wife are standing in front of this large TV screen and 
He's like practically drooling over it. He turns to his wife and sincerely says, Honey, if we get the smaller one, I think we'll be sorry later on. And then the next scene, the same couple is looking at a beautiful diamond in the jewelry store. And she turns to him and says, Honey, if we get the smaller one, I think we'll be sorry later on. Friends, listen to me. It's your choice whether or not you want to receive the gift of Jesus Christ. God's given you free choice. But if you don't receive it, I know you'll be sorry later on. There is a death clock that's ticking for all of us. The agenda is set on the calendar for the moment we die. But because of Christmas, because of this supernatural child that was born in what seemed like a very unspectacular event in a stable that night, you don't have to have any fear about death, about dying, about what awaits us in the afterlife. I guarantee you, you won't be dead five seconds and one of two things is either going to be true. Either either you're going to deeply regret that you didn't enter into a personal relationship with Jesus when you had the chance, or you're going to say, thank God, putting my faith in Jesus was the best decision I ever made. You know, the statistics on death are pretty amazing. (laughs) One out of one people die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. The eternal destiny is still hanging in the balance for some of you because you've not said yes to Jesus as your Savior. And you can't fully experience Christmas until you fully embrace the one whose birth we celebrate at Christmas. So I want to give you an opportunity to get this issue settled and to say yes to God's forgiveness of forgiveness, yes to salvation from the punishment of sins that we deserved, yes to the assurance of spending eternity in heaven in the home that Jesus is preparing for you at this very minute. My question is, what are you going to do with Jesus? The Bible says if you confess him with your mouth and believe that Jesus is, uh, that, that confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Only when you're prepared to die are you prepared to really live. And if you want to say yes to God, say it now. Mark this day. This Sunday is the day you said yes. Take a moment and say, Jesus, this is what I want. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be the forgiver of the sin of my past. I want you to be the Christ, my deliverer from death in the future. I ask you to be my Lord, the leader of my life right now, Jesus. I'm trusting your payment for my sin. If you've done that, I want to invite you to confess your faith verbally. If at some point in the past you said yes to Jesus and you have put your faith in him to be your leader and forgiver and deliverer, would you just reaffirm your faith in Jesus today? Just just as a way of reminding yourself that you don't have to fear the future. You don't have to fear death because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You have the hope of eternal life. And if you're making this decision today, or maybe you're reaffirming your decision to be a follower of Jesus, would you just kind of repeat this after me, maybe just in your head, or you can say it out loud, depending where you're at. Just say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I joyfully acknowledge him as my forgiver and leader. God, I rejoice with all who are praying that prayer today. What a day. Thank you for this moment to receive or to reaffirm our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow on Monday. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 